And welcome to another show of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob, along with my host, as always, Tina. How you doing, <laughs> Tina? I'm good, Rob. How you doing? Uh, absolutely pleasant today. <laughs> uh, it's a nice Sunday morning. Yes, it is. I, was, I made a mistake right there. I was oh, like, no. I was like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> so good morning. Good morning. Or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to the show. Um so make sure you check out our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and make sure you check us out on all those cool places like Apple and Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google, and share the show with everyone, you know, uh, all over the place because we we're still follow and subscribe follow and subscribe. And we, we, we've got, we're, we got a lot of Europe now, a yeah. lot of Europe. Yeah. We, someone in France has been listening. So nice. that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was like, Oh. All right. And then someone in Australia is back. Whoa. So, yeah. Australia kind of fell off for a little while. So, but not, not so much anymore. Yeah. We got uh, pretty much all of a lot of Europe or at least Western Europe. But, uh, okay. Yeah. And then I think we had like someone the other day, Brazil. Yeah. Some, mm. some people in Brazil. Anyway, nice. so we were kind of talking off of the air before we came on here and we were talking like generations and which one's the best. So <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, we're going to say us because we're Gen Z and we we kind of are like we're Gen X or Gen X. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Gen Z is the one we were talking about that that isn't is is uh, isn't our favorite isn't our favorite. That's for sure, because <laughs> we are we are Generation X. We were born. Well, the one I have says 65 to 1980. So that definitely throws us inside that, that ballpark. Um, you know, I find it interesting with how, cause we like to rib obviously millennials and generation Z, but we're kind of the fault of those, not us per se, but our generation. Cause they're the parents of these you know, wacko ideas. So I, I'm not sure where it went off the the rail. The computer generation, that's where it went off the rail. Probably. I think, you know, we've talked many times about how we think uh, um, social media is, is the downfall, which is probably mm -hmm. true because we had, let's see, the early... The early, our early 20s, we had AOL, right? Our early 20s, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like but 20. we also had dial-up internet. Yeah, but I think we, we were the ones behind, like, the first chat rooms. Right. So, but somewhere along the line, like, it was still controllable. And it wasn't like, I don't think it was out of... Um, context much it was pretty straightforward stuff you were in those rooms to either talk about whatever because usually those chat rooms had a a um a label right like you if you wanted to talk whatever pop culture or if you were talking about 80s music or whatever yeah but really those chat rooms were all just picking up on people and i think that it was both yes i think that there was something along that lines of getting in there um, mm -hmm. And obviously meeting people or being able to um, 
check someone's profile. So I, I think we were we were in the early um, parts of that. And then came, I think MySpace is the one that kind of opened that whole thing up. But mm-hmm. we were, I want to say that that was way later. I wonder when MySpace was around. Let's, um, let's take a gander. Um, history. So MySpace's history. Launched on August 1st, 2003. So, and I'm sure that it didn't take off that quickly. So let's say 2005, 2006, probably. That would have made us much, you know, we were in our mid-20s, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit later. I remember I didn't get my first computer until I was 24. Uh, I can't, I don't even remember when, my, it was, mine was later than that, probably. I remember I was 24. I didn't know shit about it. One of my friends from El Paso came over, set me up with an email. It's the only email that I still have to this day. That's funny. And uh, yeah, just wasn't the computer thing in me. I mean, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm on my phone a lot and stuff, but I'd rather see people. Yeah. Than talk to them. But I think that that goes back to our generation. Right. Right. Because we were since we were the least of the computer age, mostly growing up. Right. So we didn't have any kind of technology like that growing up with the exception of a home phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were the we were the last generation to really like run the streets at night. You know, yeah. right up until past our our teens, we had to physically go and see people mm-hmm. in order to communicate with them unless it was a phone. Right, but, but if you it, wanted to meet new people, you went to the mall or you went to the roller rink or you went um, football game, high school yeah, football, football game, game somewhere where you could go dance. We had to get up and go. Yeah. And I think it was and I'm glad we I'm sorry. Okay. I'm glad we didn't have a, um, a camera either. Cause my mom would have killed me. No, I mean, e- even even the cameras that we did have, you know, you had to take it somewhere to get it mm-hmm. developed. So you, you couldn't go absolutely ape shit. So exactly. now you can just go ape shit. But for me, I think, you know, with us, we, we were the last ones to like really, really ride bikes everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, our skateboards, I, our skateboards. I mean, it, it exists cause I see it around my neighborhood, but it's not as prevalent as it was when we were, I mean, shit, you have younger, you know, or late teens now just taking Ubers. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's I know people actually will be sitting in my chair and be like, oh, hold on. I got to get my son an Uber. Like, what the hell? Let him get his own Uber. Why Mm -hmm. are you why are you setting this up? And the kid was 23. I'm like, tell him to get his license. Yeah, that's a that's a tad much. I mean, if you're. If you're in your, you let them smoke weed in your house, but you won't tell them to get a license. Right. Something's not right there. Well, yes. But where did that go wrong? Right. We started giving trophies to kids that didn't participate. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, when you tell the kids that they're that they're special in every way and they stand out and everything is a challenge rather than an issue or anything like we're setting them up for for failure, first of all, because life doesn't work like that. Not everything looks the same, even when you have rose colored glasses on. And I think that we did a disservice by telling the kids they could have whatever, whenever, mm -hmm. and however they wanted it. And it was our job to just serve them. I think that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen society do for their children. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw you a couple of things out so we can talk about the different generations. So at least as we go forward, we can kind of tell these what they are. There's one called the silent generation. That's from 1926 to 1945. Um, I guess it comes from a time magazine article in the fifties. It probably has to do with, you know, they were more taught and seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, they were disciplined, value oriented and loyal interested in direct communication. So enjoyed speaking in person as opposed to via technology. And they did have technology. They had at least phones, then baby boomers. That is the group starts in 1946 ends in 1964. Pretty big. They were committed, self-sufficient, competitive. Um, then there's generation X. That's us. That's 66 to 1980. They grew up in a time where technology was advancing fast and it wasn't nearly as readily available as it is today. Because of this generation settled both the digital and non-digital world and understands mm -hmm. the importance of both. We're resourceful, logical, and good problem solvers. Then there would be yeah. millennials. That would be generation Y. Uh, they're often described as lazy in the media. And that they spend all their money they should be saving for a house on avocado toast. <laughs> uh, but they're also the first generation to be <laughs> digital natives. Uh, she thinks let's see, um, makes them extremely self-sufficient as they no longer have to rely on others to solve their problems or teach them things because they can go to the Internet for that. They're confident, curious, and they question authority. So maybe that is the start of the downfall of uh where we're going gen z uh there are a few conflicting ideas of this generation starts they think 1997 to 2000 to 2000 or the early 2000s uh da, 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 they can safely say that this group is young and they never known a life without tech that might be their um alternative name is gen i because of them being intelligence. Yeah. Um, I Please. Was, yeah. They're ambitious, digital natives and confident that, that they are. Um, but I think there's they're issues. Cocky. I wouldn't say they're confident. Yeah. I, I think that, that they're, they're kind of in a weird, in a weird, uh, headspace. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they just think, I'll give you an example. My kid, um, is at the airport and he, had already had a, an hour layover. Then they come to everyone on the loudspeaker and they're like, yep, it's two more hours layover. And he texts mm -hmm. me and he's like, it's going to be two more hours. He goes, this is sucks because I don't understand why this happens. And you know, it's, this is horrible. And I was like, welcome to traveling. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it, does it suck? Yep. Horribly. But what are you going to do? Do you kind of got to expect it? I think you yeah. do. I, it's funny because I was telling him because he'll, he'll be 21 in December. And I was like, things change when, after you're 21. Because, like, if you're in an airport and it's sucky, just go to a bar. Mm-hmm. Right? They have a TV on. There's something. You can order a drink. You can do whatever you need to do to to relax yourself where you're not having to sit at the at the um, gate and wait oh, and wait that. and wait and wait. Mostly when you know. Right. They're like, look, this shit ain't taking off for another two hours. Just here we go. And and he's like, oh, yeah. And I go, if you're lucky, you know, you can find a food court and at least sit, you know, at the food court. Because, you know, usually all the, the places are it's like a mall. So you, you're really not sitting at the restaurant. But and I said, yeah, or you can find a restaurant. But he, he was more just so disappointed that. That he's like, I don't understand why this happens. And I was like, because you're used, you think everything's just supposed to happen. Like it just, mm-hmm. and I go, that's not how life is. This life- is what happens when you leave your bedroom and put down the computer games and live real life. Shit happens. Yeah, it's like, this is, and he kind of knows it because of like traffic. You know, he, mm-hmm. he has a car, so he understands like the reality of traffic is real. Like, and I, that's kind of how I was trying to tell him about how airports are. I go, there could be a storm somewhere in the middle of the country where your airplane is coming. And now they have to divert around mm-hmm. this thing, which is just traffic for them. Like, don't. And I go, it sucks, but you're not, no one's waiting for you at the airport. The airport's only 15 minutes away from home. I'm going to come get you. You know, it's not like there's there's things around that. Does it suck? Yes. But to think like, I don't understand this or that's stupid. It's like it's not stupid. That's just the reality of life. And and I think that the generations after us, we're we're a little more hardened to the fact of like things shit happens. Like we were always out and about yeah. where where people got hurt riding their bike and you had to ride home with your fucking broken wrist or or bumps and bruises that a couple times yeah and you get home but like today if someone falls and gets hurt people don't 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 even know how to help someone anymore it's Mm -hmm. like if they if they can't get your phone and film it oh that's oh (laughs) geez i mean that's a huge that's a huge problem that's a huge problem. And mm-hmm. uh, and just so you know, the, the next generation supposedly is going to be called Gen Alpha is what they think. And that's uh, anyone born after 2010. So it's all these. All they're the they're basically the children of late Gen Xers and millennials. Mm. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they turn into. Because of who they're being raised by. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I think, uh, I mean, obviously some of the Gen Xers are just went soft and millennials are definitely, they're the ones who are going to teach these people that, that everything is, should be fair. And, you know, everyone thinks that now, uh, at least that generation, I would say the, the uh, early 30s to mid 20s is like, well, if, if we don't like it, we'll just protest and it'll go away. And it, and mm. and it's funny because my son was, was talking about that one time and he goes, 
Yeah, protests don't do shit. He goes, protests are just a waste of time. <laughs> and he goes, I agree with that. He goes, because they never do anything. Protests don't do mm-hmm. shit. He goes, they haven't done shit since the civil rights movement in the sixties. And I was like, mm, yeah, pretty much. He goes, it just makes people angry. And then they end up burning buildings to the ground for no reason. Right. They don't just protest. They're burning shit up and yeah. acting like fools and hurting each other. And it's crazy. And, and, and I think that it, it, it just escalates like that because now they think that if they don't get their way, that they can just go and start throwing bricks through windows. Right. You know, the the civil rights movements of the 60s and I would say even pseudo Vietnam protests, you know, they were sit ins. These were people that just sat down and tried to make statements out loud. And 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 obviously the civil rights movement's a little different because they had marches and they did try and they obviously they did change things. The civil rights movement Mm -hmm. in the 60s was massive, um, which is probably the 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 most dominant part of the expansion of race relations ever. I think we're but going, they also on. stood for real things that were going on. They, they were against war. They were against, um, racism, um, racism. They were against actual things. What, what people are, are fighting for now is ridiculous. Yeah. From, um, reparations to, uh, um, you know, they're allowed to use the same restrooms and stuff. It's like, come on now. This isn't this isn't worth the protest. There's there's parts that we need to change for sure. But protesting and what are you protesting? Because nothing's going to nothing's going to change. Yeah. Well, and most people it, it most like go on YouTube and, and look up some of these protests that like I watch a lot of pro gun things. So they, these guys go to these gun marches, these anti-gun things, and they start asking people questions. They don't even know why they're there. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what what half of these things are. Like they'll go, "What is an AR-15?" And they're like, "Uh, like you're out here protesting just to fucking do it," instead of really knowing the issues. Like people, you know, obviously the civil rights movement, but even people during Vietnam, they when they interviewed these hippies during Vietnam, they knew. They knew they knew and they they weren't protesting against not having their safety. They were protesting against human for human rights. That's what they were protesting for. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, well, that gun's scarier. That's no. Or we got to take it away because people don't know how to act. Well, people don't know how to act because enough of us haven't shown them that we're all doing all right. You Mm -hmm. know, I agree. I think that that's. The things that are, that people have a problem with right now are ridiculous. Yeah. I, and I think that, look, there, there's our, our uh, generation, obviously, are protesting in these marches as well now. So to say that it's not us, uh, I definitely would say that there are. Because um, most of them are done by the liberal movement, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I, I think part of the problem, too, is we were, we were, raised and taught by people who weren't so leaning either direction. Like our teachers, I think were more middle grounders. So they, by far by, they wanted us to be free thinkers. And if you turned out being liberal or you turned out being conservative, however you were raised, they were okay with it now. And I love arguing with people about it, that there's like, Oh, they're not pushing that. They are. If you don't think that they're pushing a more liberal movement, 
ask anyone who's in college right now. All it, it's yeah. absurd. I would never want my kid to go to college now. Go to a trade school, learn something with your hands, learn how to do something. Because I think now you you become you're you're being indoctrinated. It, you, you go in one way and come out another. So I, I think the baby boomers of our parents. That's why a lot of us came out and how we are today. We're a little more rigid. We're a little more fuck off. We're a little more leave us alone. We didn't um, have somebody hovering over us all day, every day. No. Well, because most of them couldn't. They were working. Mm-hmm. You were working. <laughs> they, were, yeah. they were making a living. And I think most of our generation think that way as well. We're like, go out and get a job. Make sure you have a roof over your head. Make sure to do this. Make your life happen. The, the modern person. And I'll say, I, I'm not sure about millennials, both the millennials I know that are close to me. My daughter's there functioning members of society, but one also joined the military. Um, so there's, I, there is that, I think there's something to that and, and mom and their mom, a hard worker and, and does that type of thing. So I think they, they're just a product of their upbringing, mm-hmm. but I think the, they're the, later or the earlier or later millennials and gen um gen z <laughs> they're they just think that they should be handed everything mm-hmm. like i don't like i they'll quit a job in like a week mm-hmm. they'll get a job they'll work all these things to get in and take tests and do a drug test and do this and then a weekend go yeah they they don't want to do this for me, so I'm gonna quit. It's like they don't talk right to me. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. <laughs> that's that's one of the bigger things. Yeah. They're yeah. they're mean to me. They're being mean. Or they're they're making me do this. It's like, uh oh, okay. Um what else are you gonna do? They're like, well, I'm just gonna get another job. Well, there's no work. <laughs> so now you're in this repetitive thing or they're just like, well, I'll get an employment. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it doesn't last forever. And then unemployment runs out. And then what do they do? They're like, now, well, what am I going to do? I can't, I can't pay my bill or and I can't do this. Unemployment doesn't pay for shit if you're only working part time to begin with. Correct. Well, I mean, if you're at home, which a lot of these people still are, I mean, yeah. there's, there's 30 year old children still at home. Because they've never got out of that vicious cycle of, of, you know, trying to work the easy job or trying to be like, I want to work the job I want to work. It's like, you know, some of us don't work in the job we want to, but it makes us a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I like my job. I, I can't, I can't come out and say like, like, oh, I hate my job because I don't hate my job. Would I, would I like to do something else? Of course. But Is it I'm, your dream job? No, oh, no way. Not even. We'll see. That's the thing. But you still do what you got to do because but, you have to make yeah, a living. I, I like my job. There you go. But, and I do quite well. So mm-hmm. that makes it a little bit better. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. You know, when you have a solid income that you know you can can live on. And I mean, I'm. If and when my kid leaves and I stay at the employment I'm in now, I will live like a king. Mm-hmm. Because I won't have I'll have half the power being used, half the water, 
you know, I, I could, if I wanted to stay in a two bedroom and put, put our studio in, you know, in this room and have less, less money for food and blah, blah, blah. So every, I know I will live like a king or better, but I also know that I still have to keep this job. So even as much as you, you might not like it, you have to buck up. And I think that the newer generations just don't have the balls anymore. Everyone just quits and think that it's okay. I'll just do this or I'll do that. It's like, that's not how it works, man. And and it's too bad that our generation, you know, we were taught to work hard. We were taught as soon as you get out of high school, you either go to college, get a job, period. There was no like, oh, you can sit around the house and, and live off of me for two years. It's like, mm. and the flip side of, I think that is even if we were going to stay a year and not work, you were expected to work at home. You were expected to do the laundry, expected to do the dishes, clean the house, you know, pick up the dog poop yard in the yard, whatever it, it was, mm-hmm. because you had to give back to the house and um, so I think there's something to that. We also had um, keys to get into our house because our parents were working. So we didn't have somebody there when we got home every day that was, you know, taking care of us and feeding us and everything. We mm-hmm. had to learn to do that ourselves. We were latchkey kids. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't really a latchkey kid. I mean, we had to come home sometimes and our parents weren't there, but that was, that was the exception, not the rule. But, um, a lot of my friends were like that. Oh, a lot I of my was. friends, the, the neighbors across the street, the kids used to have to sit outside for an hour because the parents left early and they didn't trust them in the house. So they had to sit in their backyard for an hour, come rain, shine, it could be freezing, windy. It didn't matter. They had to sit in the house or sit in the backyard behind the house for an hour before they could walk to school. Yeah. That's, that's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a key. You don't hear that now. That's abuse. Yeah. I had a key around my neck. That's how I remembered. Yeah. Because uh, I was always afraid that might, you know, I might drop my key or lose it at school or whatever. So I wore it around my neck, but I, I came home every single day to an empty apartment because Mm -hmm. my dad worked until four o'clock. So I didn't have I didn't have an option. It was either that or I could have stayed down the street at my best friend's house, I'm sure. But he did the exact same thing. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like there's no one home. Everyone was at work. So, yeah, um, my kid, he he kind of lived like that because I was a single dad. So he would come when he was really small. He had someone pick him up from school and stayed at at, over at her house until I got off work. Um, But once he was, you know, uh, late elementary, he walked home and had a key to the house, walked in the door. He just, that's just how, and, and you, you gauged it on, I gauged it on trust and, and what I thought he could do. I mean, I could have kept him and in the after school program. Sure. He matured yeah. quick, unfortunately. I mean, he had to, you know, I, I just talked to him not too long ago about that, about like, I even kind of said sorry to him. I'm like, you know, sorry you had to grow up so fast because I, I felt like I pushed him to be more adult because it was just me and him. Um, 
And it was funny because he took it a different way. He was just like, look, you had to do what you had to do. And, and I think I'm better off now because I, I agree. I, he's way more mature than when he graduated. He was bored. He was like, these people are, they don't have any of the same interests as me. Like we're not the same because they're still like he was pushing. He wanted a car as soon as he could get a car and he was 18 years nice. old. Nice. Well, he was 18. He, he waited because he didn't want that. He didn't want the provisionary period. He didn't want to have mm-hmm. to, because when he turned 18 was in December, he, we kind of gauged it and he did what he needed to do. And he was like, but as soon as he turned 18, he was like, cool, I'm going to take my test. I want to get my license because he understood freedom. Like, yeah, like, you know, he, he loves to be able to just walk out, get in a car, go pick up food, go hang out with his friends at, you know, wherever it is they are going to hang out at. He understands that freedom. And, and it's weird now that the newer generation aren't like that. And I know my nephew is driving age and I was like, come on, let's go. Let's go drive. Let's let's get your license. He's like, uh, I got to get my permit first. And I'm like, why don't you have that? Right. What are you doing? What are you waiting like, for? I was 15 and a half going, please, can I drive? Please, can I drive? Please, mm-hmm. can I drive? Please, can I drive? I couldn't. I couldn't wait. I was one of the first ones to get my license. I drove everybody around. I made sure that I was just, I wanted to be out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine not being out. Yeah. Imagine. I, I think, you know, obviously, cause we were, you know, I hate to use the born to be free, but we had bicycles that we could like our parents didn't understand on a summer day. We might ride four miles away from home five mm-hmm. miles away from home. Like we would go, we'd go way, way up Balboa and up, up into the, like those parks up there and into the ditches and into the, the washes and ride our bikes and, you know, uh, collect frogs or whatever the fuck we were doing. It, my dad had no idea. He, he just knew that when he got home, I was there. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Are you there? And was your chores done? Yeah. And, and he, my dad was even so cool that like he understood that cause he was off at four, he got home by like four 30. My thing, my dad was just like, be home by five for dinner. Yeah. So like I would roll in at like four 50 covered in mud, like whatever the hell happened that day. And he's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and I would eat dinner, hang out with for a little bit and I'd head right back out. So I could hang mm-hmm. out until until the lights, until the came, lights on. came on. And then yeah. once I got older, it was you you can go out until this time, you know, and then you were mm-hmm. always like, hey, can we kind of stay out an extra half a an hour bit longer? Yeah. Just an extra, like we're home. We're all back, but we're going to be over at, uh, you know, his house on the corner or we're going to be, you know, throwing the ball in the front yard. Like I'll be right there. And, but now like my son barely leaves the ho- the house because all his friends are digital. So it's, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel that the, the newer age children are going to be so socially inept. And I think that's why they have these, these issues with jobs because nobody, nobody talks they, they don't know right. how to communicate like this way. Like they can only do it over a camera. They can only do it over a phone. Everything's text. Well, when they're sitting together and they're, 
we threw a huge 50th birthday party for my brother and I went into the house where all the kids were in the house that I didn't understand either. Cause mm-hmm. we sure as hell weren't. Oh no. So the house was just full of all these overgrown kids, like laying on the furniture and all of them were on their phones. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And you hear one giggle and then one over here would giggle. And then it went back and forth. I'm like, you guys are texting each other. Yeah. What the hell? You're in the same room. Mm-hmm. I, and I was like, I even said, I'm like, what happened to the days of spin the bottle in three minutes in heaven? Because if we were together, that's the shit that was going on. Yeah, for sure. And and then we were taught to communicate with older people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if I would, I we used to go to my uncle's house and barbecue. So both my uncles would be there. My dad, me, and then my four cousins would all be there. I couldn't walk through the front entryway without first getting hammered on by my uncles. They would talk mass shit, mm-hmm. massive shit. And then my aunts would be behind them going, leave them alone. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I'd, I'd go in and see my cousins and, and try to disappear. And then we would do whatever to just try to stay out of, but I, I had to at least go say hi to my uncles. And then as I got older into my teens, I would go and sit out in the living room and listen to them and, and chime in because mm-hmm. we were taught to communicate. And, and now thankfully my kids like that. My kid will talk your ear off. If he's in that situation, he, he doesn't have a problem communicating. So his, and I just think that's growing up in around me and in locker rooms and where they made you talk like wrestlers. He would be hanging out while I was wrestling. So they would all talk mm-hmm. to him like he was not a little child. So mm-hmm. I think there he's good. And I'm glad that he's ahead of the curve on the communication thing. But most of his friends, when they would come over, they're like, it's like church mice. I just didn't understand that. So I tried to make them all talk. Every single one of his friends. I, I'm the same way. I force it out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been doing that since before this generation was even born, though. But yeah, I need people to talk to me. I need interaction. Mm-hmm. I need to know what's going on in people's heads. I don't know why. It's just I like to. I like to know people. I like to hear stories. We're we're the social generation, though. Mm-hmm. You know, we, absolutely. I remember going out on a weekend night with my friends because before I had a car. So we always, you always had the one friend who had the car, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I remember all of us getting into a car and driving over. I don't even know what it is anymore, but it was a Bob's big boy over on Zelza and Devonshire. Maybe I want to say it was there. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I remember like going and hanging out at a Bob's big boy or a Denny's and just, sitting and bullshitting so everyone would order something so they wouldn't kick us out (laughs) right and then we would just bullshit and then other groups of people from the rival high school because we were more on that side of the world than we were over by where we went to school Mm -hmm. we'd mix in with them people and we'd see the girls from oh that school and all the guys would be like heads up and like (laughs) trying to bullshit with each other I don't know how they do it now. Like my son enjoyed going to football games. And I think, and he didn't like football. I mean, he, you know what I mean? Like 
he went because he understood it was a social event. Mm-hmm. Like he he knew that like you go there because you want to see the girls in the school and talk with your friends and bullshit. Um, so when COVID happened, it, it kind of he was like bombed out of his mind. He was like, oh, this sucks. Like we can't go and do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So this this newer generation obviously go to football games, but I, I bet you it must everyone must have their nose in their phone. It must be a very weird, different kind of uh um, high school experience. Well, yeah, they could text. I don't think going to the football games because I've I went to all of them from the time I was in the seventh grade till uh, I think the first year out of high school. I always went to the football games, mm-hmm. and you couldn't hear the damn phone if you wanted to. They're oh, so no. loud. They were loud, but they they could text. They could text, you know. And then that's even less of a connection because they're not even hearing any interaction. Mm-hmm. It's just words that pop up on screen. So they're really kind of detached. I agree. And I think the text message generation, even though we're part of it, um, it's so easy to get things out of turn. Because oh, yeah. Extremely uh, easy to the point where it can ruin conversations. And then you have to end up picking up the phone and going, that's not what I fucking meant. This you're is like, what whoa, I meant. Whoa, whoa, Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, and then both. So you might as well end up just calling each other and and yeah. telling each other anyway. So then there's no because there's no inflection. Right. There's no mm-hmm. tone. There's no it's just words and, and words can be taken so many different ways. Well, and just changing punctuation because nobody punctuates anything in a text so man does that leave a lot up for interpretation (laughs) (laughs) and then when that happens i'm picking up the phone i'm like clearly we need to be talking because i'm not catching what you're trying to get over you're like what the hell were you talking about and and then and then people end up going what do you mean like well this is what you wrote they're like yeah that's what i meant and they're like oh and then the damn typos or the autocorrect and everything changes what you say anyway so you really got to watch it. And if you're in a if feverish uh, texting conversation, that could go bad really quick. Really quick. I, I, I saw a meme the other day. It says um, a 45 minute argument texting is like you just running in a circle for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. like just spinning around because and that's what you'll do. Like arguments are the worst in a text message argument. Uh, I'd rather you call and yell at me. It's much easier. Yes. And, and shorter <laughs> takes less time. Out yeah, of your day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and serious conversations over text, which look, sometimes we have to, because you're, you're at work and you're trying to keep the, the doors open to, of communication between people, but you don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had long, like hour, hours long texts, with people just trying to like, you know, either find out what's in their head or, you know, uh, try to help them out with a situation, whatever that thing is. But I, I would much rather, I'd rather do it over FaceTime than I would yeah. over text message. Cause at least I there's like inflection. FaceTime Cause you could see people's face. I like that. Uh-huh. It, it, when, when my friends from out of state call, 
and they FaceTime, I feel like I'm there with them. Mm -hmm. I agree. But when I'm just talking to them or texting, I still feel close because we've we've been doing this for so long. But I feel like I'm missing something, you know, that the interaction isn't quite there. But if I see their face, then I'm a little bit better with it. I agree. Um, I had a conversation with somebody one time and she was in her house and and kind of walking around, blah, blah, blah. And I remember her walking down the hallway and sitting on her kid's floor. And there was a bunk bed behind her at the time. And just having this like very, very serious conversation. And, and it was and it was the first time that I felt like not the first time, but I felt so close because like she was very serious at the time and like really going, we're talking emotional stuff and both of us were, and you know, obviously I was hours away, so I couldn't be there, but that was the first like FaceTime where I felt like, okay, this, this is why the medium works because mm -hmm. I couldn't have, I wouldn't have got the same feeling from texting the same words I said, it just wouldn't have worked. So, you know, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. What, Go. what I would have liked is like right out of high school was a um, desert storm. And a lot of my friends went off to war. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting calls from a couple of, of the guys that went. They were on a tarmac in the Middle East somewhere. They didn't know where. They couldn't tell you where. It was dark as night, but they they needed home, mm -hmm. you know. So they uh, they called and they they would talk to me and they couldn't tell me where they were. I couldn't see their faces, but at least I could hear them. But it was amazing when talking on a on a phone, you hear people's emotions mm -hmm. through their voices. Oh yeah. And I remember thinking, God, I wish I could see their face because they're saying they're okay but they're not okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're calling me from a dark place and you can't put light on. Cause if you do, you're going to get like bombarded with, yeah. with, uh, you know, people trying to kill you and, and you don't know if you're coming home and you don't know where you are. And I, I just remember, I wish, I wish then we had had FaceTime for yeah. sure because it just to be able to see them was, would have been so much better, but at least I heard them. But it still wouldn't, um, for me, it didn't satisfy me. It just made me feel more lonely, you know, with them. Like, here's my friends and I can't see them. I can't help them. I don't know where they are. There's no, you know, there's no interaction other than this phone when and if they call. Mm -hmm. And that's if nobody's on the phone and or caller ID is, isn't, you know, backed up or, or, you know, your parents are talking to somebody and they just won't transfer the call because they don't care. It's their phone. I, yeah, we had it. We communicating, we did a lot more of it, but it was harder to communicate with people unless they were with us. Correct. The, I think our generation had a much harder time communicating once you got far away because mm -hmm. we had to deal with long distance charges. Um, phone calls were, were a lot different. Um, like I had, had snail mail. Oh, snail mail. <laughs> well, I would send letters to a girl that I dated in, in New York. Yeah. You know, and I sent letters to everybody. I used to love to write letters to them. And, and, and I think that like, and I would talk to that girl every blue moon but it was so expensive to call. Like now it's just, you just FaceTime somebody and it's instantaneous. 
you know, like I would talk to my mom, um, over video chat. And, and I think it was one of those things where for their generation, it was like Dick Tracy shit. My dad was like, uh, an iPhone is like the doing FaceTime was what Dick Tracy had on his watch. Like that was sci-fi shit. Yeah. Even now the watch is like, sometimes I can't find my phone in time. And so I hit the button to talk to somebody through my watch and you're, and And you're talking into your phone. This is so freaking weird. I'm talking into my, you know, my wrist. Yeah. It's, and, Mm -hmm. and that was sci-fi. So like, I think for the baby boomer generation, just imagine what they've seen. They've Mm -hmm. seen fucking everything. They've seen and my dad hates the phone. He just he won't check his emails. He oh, won't yeah. text <laughs> or he'll hardly text. I mean, I could get him to text occasionally, but he always tells everybody, hey, if you want to call me or if you want to talk to me, call me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this bullshit. You know, I don't care how many how many computers are in the house. I don't care who's running them or what's happening. If you want to get a hold of me or pick up the phone and call. Right. And it, it actually pisses off people because. It, he he should, mm-hmm. you know, he should uh, work all this stuff. And he's all, no, I shouldn't. I'm an old fucking man. Right. I'm not doing it, you know? <laughs> That's my dad. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I And and there's a big part of me where I'm like, I don't want to text you. If you pick up the phone and call me. Like, we're not having a conversation like this. However, if I'm at work and somebody needs an appointment, hey, do you got an appointment? Sure do. Here it is. Yeah. You know? then it's really convenient. Sure. And I don't want to talk to everybody. It's look, it's a two way street. And I think that's why the generations have gaps, right? Mm -hmm. There's a gap between the baby boomers and us. Like Mm -hmm. my dad doesn't, my dad doesn't know how to use the internet. He doesn't use a computer. He, he married younger. He's never listened to the podcast. Never listened to the podcast. Yeah. My dad either. So, but he loves the innovations. Like, look at like your dad and my dad, baby boomers have seen everything. Man on the moon, mm-hmm. microwave, VCR, DVD player, CD player, digital music, television, television. Mm-hmm. My dad remembers when there was no television. Mm-hmm. So, so does mine. They, but they, their first TV was a little midget TV with a black and white screen. Shit. My dad's first TV was in someone else's house. Yeah. They would go and look at yeah. it through a fucking picture window in front mm-hmm. because no one in his town could afford a television except one family. So, yeah. it, but they've seen everything, mo- the modern, everything, modern cars, you know, men in space, like they've seen everything. Our generation got those inventions, you know, shared inventions like the microwave or whatever. Plus then we got the first cell phone, the modern computer the personal computer right everyone music has videos music videos um yeah. cable television more than five channels is our generation mm-hmm. um but what after us i don't think there's been these major things that have been made right maybe the electric car right nah, but even the electric car major. only we can afford mm-hmm. right so the the invention of that electric car is awesome but you know, generation X is still the only one buying them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe millennials cause they're in their thirties, but anyone after that 
can't afford to buy a Tesla at they're not 80, driving. Or, or, they're, or they're not driving. driving. That's very true. <laughs> so I, I think that there's look, there's always going to be a gap between the generations. Right. Um, yeah. And I think the one you're involved in is always going to be the one that you say is best. Um, I, I think baby boomers, the boomer generation went through way more than us way more mm-hmm. the end of world war two you know the the families coming out of the depression right you know 10 yeah. years after the depression things were still really bad most of the baby boomers came from generations of being poor like super poor mm-hmm. um, and expected to have kids raise a family buy a house yeah make it yeah yeah. Um, there was mo- no, there was no excuses either. And think about this. Most of them did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they made it out of, um, uh, being lower income pretty much across the board. Um, and, and a lot of moving, like my dad was born in Tennessee and my mom in Iowa, but met in California. So, you know, you made it out of these things like my dad joined the military. That's how he made it out of being poor. He Mm -hmm. was like, I'm not going to have anything in the town I live in. If I join the military, I'll have four years of income. (laughs) Like he thought about it that way. Um, Well, my dad didn't. He went to Vietnam because he was drafted. So so, you know, people these days don't know what it's like to have to do something and and such a severe something mm-hmm. b- because they were called to not be, you know, it's not a, a choice. It was obligation. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we I'm lucky. We don't have that now. Uh, I'm lucky. My dad did his four years before Vietnam so that yeah. he couldn't get drafted. See, my dad's got so many problems because of it. Sure. And most people that went there do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he tells the story of how he, where he was stationed is one of the worst places. Like by his age, there's less than 10% of all the people that were stationed there are gone. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. he's in the 10% that lived. I I don't, I can't even understand that, you know, and he was forced to go like people don't understand what it's like to be forced to do anything. Yeah. Well, because now we don't force anyone to do anything. Now it's everything's with kid gloves and well, and, and again, like, I think that the newer generations are so fucking bonkers with what they've been taught. There's, you know, there's 200 genders now there's, um, you know, however many different, uh, sexual preferences and, and different ways to learn and 800 flags. And it's like, Whoa, so I think we just need to pump the brakes. And I think that's our generation. Our generation is that last one holding on to probably more traditional values. Mm-hmm. So, I but yeah, we have the highest statistics for divorce. And oh, we yeah. Have the highest statistics for, for uh, single parents mm-hmm. as single parents. So, we didn't we didn't do the best job either. Oh no. But that, I think it's better. Without a doubt we didn't. I Yeah. Cuz we're the ones that raised these children that yeah. are now thinking that they mm-hmm. deserve everything. I, I also think that they were our children's generations were also raised by teachers. And that's mm-hmm. part of the problem as well. Where mm-hmm. 
our generation was the last to have a stay at home mom, mm -hmm. right? Baby boomers were men went to work, mom stayed at home, raised the kids, sent the kids to school. But when they came back, we're like, what'd you do today? And, and we're, we're changing minds or taught at home values. Now we just send their kids to school and go, hopefully everything's good. I got to get to work. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's problems in that as well. So, and you know, we've tried, we've talked about on other podcasts about the traditional, you know, and where that is leaving the, the future will be not there. We're going to do a show. I, I was watching some stuff on marriage and what marriage is going to be going forward. It, it it's going to die out. I think, I think mm -hmm. marriage will be gone in the next, I don't know, 50 years think so yeah it's it's a dying thing because in of independent women right that say they don't need a man and even if they do want a man he has to be over six feet make six figures do this do that now men are just starting to step back and going yeah, but no women say that but then when you see who they lay down with they're full of shit no but they're not like, settling let's be honest they're they're only they're, laying down with them though that's yeah. part of the problem too. That mm -hmm. either side will bang whoever, mm -hmm. but who are they willing to to get married to? And and part of the problem now is that men have no. There's no reason for men to get married because they lose Seriously. everything. Mm -hmm. There's that you're as a man you're more apt to get hurt because let's say you have a child right you're going to pay child support if. If you're you're going to get give up your house, you're going to get screwed on alimony, assuming um, everything tilts towards a woman. So there's no reason to get married anymore. There's just not. If you're going to pay child support either way, you might as well just be single. Leave that leave that girl you had a baby with and take care of your kid anyway. And not lose everything and else. not lose everything. So it it's a scary thing that. The gener we're the last, I think, big generation, maybe millennials. Millennials were were pretty high on marriage. I think the future of marriage is is gonna die with with our generation. I think that us in our 50s are still likely to get married. Like I think I would still get married with mm -mm. with some kind of <laughs> um I just think that you'd have to have a serious conversation with the person you're gonna be with. Like, what are you getting married for? Like it's not kids, yeah. right? We're not getting married for children. Um, so what is it? And and what are you coming into the marriage with? I, I think now I think you're gonna see a lot of people 50, 60, if they get married, all have prenups. Right? Think so? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's and I think it's easier. And and it's not even like a horrible thing. Like if I would be if I would go into a marriage where I am living in an apartment and she has a home. That's your house. You should keep your house. If this doesn't work out between us, I should walk away with whatever money is in my bank account when I bring in, when I come in and you should keep your house and you should keep your 401k. I don't, I don't, I shouldn't even have a right to that. That is your retirement. That's yours. But Men are stealing that as well from women that they're if, if you're in it and you don't have a 401k and she does, I'll just take your 401k or half of it because that's what I'm accustomed to or that's what I. Mm -hmm. So I think 
the generations, that's why I think that the, the last generation, my son's generation will be the least likely to get married. I think um, just because there's nothing in it anymore for either side. But, yeah. Cause now you, now it's socially acceptable to have a child and just not be married, mm-hmm. which is another fucking bonkers thing to me. <laughs> it's completely ape shit. You know, the, the well, we're living, we're living in a time where things are definitely changing and there we're going to have to see what happens next. Yeah. Cause there's going to be, we're going to see another generation coming mm-hmm. through. Let's see what these ones start to pull off. Maybe just maybe they have it better than we do as far as like, they'll get their shit together more than we had. I didn't think we had a bad generation, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. We, we lived in a really good time growing up in the eighties was exceptional. We were fortunate, you yeah, know, there I was agree. enough money for everybody. There was a, uh, there was enough hairspray for everybody, you know, <laughs> a good time. So, uh, to have stock it, in Aquanet. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. I would have, yeah. I would have made me some money just on what I used, uh, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see what this next generation has to offer and what, what, um, they definitely have a lot of problems. We have a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, world issues. We have mm-hmm. a lot of, of pollution issues. We have a lot of things that they're going to have to fix because our generation was so wasteful. So let's see what they do with it. Yeah. We'll see the generations, uh, you know, like every generation die off. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, moralities stay around and what don't. And, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, um, this generation, uh, changes for the better, whatever that better is for you. I don't know that the world is, is based on a black and white situation though. They'll do things better than we did. We'll do things better than they did. I don't, I don't think it's a, it's going to be a all or nothing situation. For sure. Cause I think the baby boomers would be the most to tell you that because mm-hmm. of what they came from. So Yes. Mm-hmm. Every generation has their pitfalls. There's no doubt about it. There, I don't think there's one better than the other. I think that there's ones that probably had it much harder. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, the, the newer generations have it easier than anyone has ever had this kind of life. It, at least in the States, I but should do say. do they, though? Because... I don't think living with a phone in their hand and not having interactions are really, it's sad. It's a really bad thing. It's sad. But what I'm saying is, is it that you, you can be smarter now than we could Mm -hmm. because it's easier to learn things or easy to get information. They are smart. But what I'm saying is that like they, no one of the millennial generation and past, and I'm going to use the bell curve missed a meal. I I never missed a meal ever. My dad missed meals. And I mm-hmm. guarantee you his great grandfather, my dad's great grandfather missed a fuck ton of meals, mm-hmm. but survived yeah. enough to make sure that their names got through and we had parents. So mm-hmm. uh, from that standpoint, I think they have it easier. They're not missing a meal. They always have a roof over their head. They have lights. And I'm of course, Look, I'm using the bell curve. There are homeless people and people in that are in desperate needs. But for mostly that generation understands 
I mean, mm-hmm. there's not many people who don't own a phone. I see homeless people on the street have cell phones in their hands. Well, the government gives them phones. Everybody no. has a phone now. But what I'm saying is that everyone has a source of information. So there's mm-hmm. really no reason to not understand what's going on or not be able to learn something to make your life better. Agreed. So I don't know. We'll probably have these talks on generations on this podcast until it ends. <laughs> because there's always going to be differences in the generations. And yet we're not ending. We're getting close to our hundred episodes. <gasps> getting so. close to a hundred. Yeah. Joe cool, man. That's so crazy. I, it is quite absurd. This one will be number. What number are we on? We are going to be on number 96. Wow. And yeah. I did listen to a couple of episodes while I was on a long drive. I was like, Oh, yeah. Interesting. It, it, it is kind yeah. of interesting, right? The My opinion of it was different than what I actually heard. So I was happy for that because I like to critique the hell out of me and, and make it to where everything's just not good enough. And I was surprised. It was I, good. I think you can learn from listening to your own show sometimes that sometimes I'll listen and critique. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'll listen and be lost in what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I forget that it's not that I forget it's us, but I listen to the show. So it's very interesting sometimes to do on both sides of the fence. Yeah. So hopefully everyone out there is is getting their their intake of our craziness and our absurdly deep voices. <laughs> I know I woke up. I, got, I think I got three hours of sleep last night and I swear my voice is down a few. It's yeah, it's an octave <laughs> or two down that mm-hmm. from where it usually is. All right, guys, uh, we're going to head out. So any last things on our generation there, miss? No, please. Uh, get us on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. Facebook. And uh, listen to us anywhere. You can listen to podcasts. Please share and subscribe. Awesome. And don't forget, this is an opinion show, so don't get it twisted. Keep coming back every Wednesday. Tina, as always, it's always a fun. Thank you. It is fun. We'll talk to you later. All right. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye. Bye.